Hello, thanks for joining in again. Today is Monday, March 11th, and this is another edition of the Live at 545 broadcast podcast, and I am your girl, Kimberly Hill. Y'all, I just want to say this lesson has really blessed me, and even me myself, is um, for something that I went through, and I always say, the message should hit the messenger first. The message should hit the messenger first, and it has been hitting me even when God gave it to me on February 18th it's been you know been three weeks um it's been hitting me I've been seeing myself you know just telling God to redirect me but three weeks ago February 18th I talked about potholes cycles and circles potholes cycles and circles and today is going to be part two and you can go back to look at the previous episodes to find that podcast cycle remember I told you a cycle is a series of events that are regularly repeated in the same order or it can be a complete set or series meaning that thing has been finished circle move in a wide loop back toward one starting point and I really got to thinking about the nation of Israel you know how we we equate a lot of stuff to the nation of Israel but thanks be to God for including the Gentiles in his plan I was considered a Gentile now I'm a child of of the king I'm a joint heir with Christ I'm redeemed let the redeemer of the Lord say so and I shall say that I am redeemed and I am grateful for it but if you go back to the Old Testament I love the Old Testament I always tell y'all I love the battles glory hallelujah for the battles they did some stuff back then in Deuteronomy 28 when God was giving instructions to the nation of Israel let me turn my Bible if you got your Bibles, turn with me. <laughs> and this conditions of blessings. Now, if you read Deuteronomy 28, 28 verses 1 through 14, if he said pretty much he was saying just to sum it up, he said, if you do right by me, I will do right by you. Like in 28 and 8, it says the Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God give it thee so he was just saying do the right thing do the right thing by me i'll do the right thing by you but if you don't then that's when deuteronomy 28 15 through 69 come into play you do wrong by me and i will let wrong overtake you this is what the lord was saying to his people you do wrong by me and i will let wrong overtake you Okay, so let's get started. And we're going to be in Judges 3. This is a tribute to one of my favorite biblical figures. Um, when I say I love what this lady did, I love what she stands for. And in honor of Women's History Month, I pay tribute and homage to Lady Jael. Jael showed up in Judges 4, and we're going to get there on how she showed up. But we're going to start in Judges 3.15. But when, it, when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, the Lord raised them up a deliverer. They were in bondage. Ehu, the son of Jerah, a Benjamite, a man left-handed. And by him, the children of Israel sent a present unto Eglon, the king of Moab. And so Deuteronomy 28, 1, 14 again, you do wrong. I mean, do, sorry, do right by God. He'll do right by you. So the children of Israel knew that they had been in sin. They cried unto the Lord in Judges 3, 15. And God raised up a left-handed man. Shout out to all the left-handed people out there. Raised up a left-handed deliverer. But then you go down to 
well, Ehud, he raised up the deliverer. And if you go keep reading through Judges 3, you know, 15 through, uh, I'm going to go to 30. It tells how the battle was won. And it was a, a spectacular uh, set of events that occurred to win this battle. Judges 3 and 30 say, so Moab was subdued that day under the hand of Israel and the land had rest four score years. Verse 31 says, and after him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, which slew of the Philistines 600 men with an ox gold, and he also delivered Israel. So back, back in verse 30, the land had rest for four score years. That's 80 years, y'all. 80 years. They had a great deliverance. They had rest. They had peace. Generational curses were broken. You know, is what I, I believe. They didn't have to worry about looking over their shoulder. They didn't have to worry about enemy coming into their territory. They had rest. Hallelujah. Then we go down to Judges 4. Here we go. The children of Israel, much like us with these potholes, cycles, and circles. Judges 4, 1 through 3. And the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord when Ehud was dead. And what did God say? He said, if you do wrong by me, <laughs> I'm going to let wrong overtake you. So this cycle, cycle, they were repeating things, a series of events in the same order. And Judges 4 and 2 says, And the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, that reigned in Hazor, the captain of whose host was Sisera. Remember that name, y'all, Sisera, which dwelt in Harasheth of the Gentiles. The Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, the captain of whose host was Sisera. What did he say? Do wrong by me. Deuteronomy 28, 15 through 69. I will let wrong overtake you. And the children of Israel in verse three, Judges four, cried unto the Lord. So at least they had still had sense enough to know where their help would have to come from. For they had 900 chariots of iron in 20 years. He mightily oppressed the children of Israel, not just oppressed, but mightily oppressed the children of Israel. They had great hardships. They had heavy toil and labor. They had bondage, captivity. They had loss of freedoms, not just freedom, but freedoms. No, they, they couldn't do anything on their own. They were in great bondage, mightily oppressed. And just think about having to watch your loved ones go through the same issues. Generational curses were now back upon them. But then we get down to Judges 4 and 4. And Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lepidoth, she judged Israel at that time. And verse 5 says, She dwelt under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel and Mount Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. And she sent and called Barak, the son of Abinoam, out of Kadesh Naphtali, and said unto him, Hath not the Lord God of Israel commanded, saying, Go, and draw toward Mount Tabor, and take with thee ten thousand men of the children of Naphtali and of the children of Zebulun? And verse 7 says, I will draw unto thee to the river Kishon Sisera, the captain of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitude, and I will deliver him into thy hand. So she's telling him, look, this is the plan. We're going to draw Sisera, the captain of the army, to the river Kishon, and we're going to plan this thing out, and I will deliver Israel. I will deliver, I'm sorry, Sisera into thine hand. But Barak got a little kind of squeamish. He said unto her in verse 8, if thou would go with me, 
then I will go. But if thou wilt not go with me, then I will not go. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> he got a little indecisive. He got a little fearful. And verse nine, she said, I will surely go with thee, notwithstanding the journey that thou takest shall not be for thine honor. For the Lord shall sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. And Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. Hallelujah. The Lord shall sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Here we go. So go to verse 12. This is when in verses 12 through 15, Sisera, he hears that Barak is in a certain location. He was uh, on the Mount Tabor. And they told him in verse 12, they showed Sisera that Barak, the son of Abinoam, was gone up to Mount Tabor. So he was like, you know what? So Sisera, you know, the one that was helping to oppress Israel, who had the 900 chariots, uh, mightily oppressed them for 20 years. He said, oh, I got this. <laughs> he gathered up his 900 chariots to go fight. And Barak, Barak came down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men came down with their boy they were ready they were fighting so Barack and his men they were winning the battle and Cicero takes off on foot he gets out of his chariot and he took off running now this would make you think that this is the turning point for Barack but remember what the Lord said in verse 9 he said notwithstanding the journey that thou takest shall not be for thine honor for the Lord shall sell Cicero in the hand of a woman mm-hmm God, remember what the words say. So in Judges, in Judges 4 and 17, we are introduced, hallelujah, to a woman named Jael. Well, Jael. Introduced to a woman that's, like I said, my favorite woman in the Bible. We, you know, we also have Mary. I also have a couple of, but she's at the top of that list. I'm like, oh, you a bad mama jump. <laughs> Go on, Jael. I love what she is about to accomplish and that's what i say i celebrate women is women's history month i celebrate especially this woman right here so jael was minding her own business but while she was minding her business i did a little research she had like a first-hand view of the things that were going on with the israelites she saw how how they were oppressed because just a little background jael's husband go to verse 11 he was named Heber, Heber, the Kenite, which was of the children of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses, had severed himself from the Kenites and pitched his tent unto the plain of Zanim, which is by Kadesh. So he and his people had made like alliance with Israel. But then because of Israel's op um, oppression, and we got to be careful too, because of Israel's oppression, he said, you know what, I'm going to make alliance with the enemy he made alliance with the enemy go to verse 17 judges 4 17 it says how be it Sisera fled away on his feet to the tent of jael there she go the wife of heber the kenite for there was peace between jabin the king of hazar remember jabin Sisera is the captain of his army and Sisera is the one that just took off on foot and the house of heber the kenite there was peace between jabin the king of hazar and the house of heber the kenite and verse 18 says, Jael went out to meet Sisera and said unto him, Turn in, my Lord, turn in to me for not. And when he had turned in unto her, unto the tent, she covered him with the mantle. I love this because Jael, 
a-hole. Like I said, she had been looking. My research says she had been looking. She had been watching what was going on with the Israelites. And she said, that's not right. And then when her husband broke away from the Israelites and he pitched his tent elsewhere to get away from the Israelites because he wanted to be friends with Jabin the king of Hazor, he didn't want the same treatment. He didn't want to say, oh, I'm connected with those people. He made a great mistake. Jael knew that wasn't right. So in verse 19, and he said unto her, give me, I pray thee, a little water to drink. And this is Sisera, for I am thirsty. And she opened a bottle of milk and gave him drink and covered him. Mm -hmm. Yes, she did. Verse 20 says, again, he said to her, stand in the door of the tent and it shall be when any man doth come and inquire of thee and say, is there any man here that thou shalt say no? In other words, he's telling her, I need you to, not only did she cover him with the mantle, she gave him rest, relaxation. Um, his running was over or so he thought. But she also knew that Israel was tired. They were oppressed every second of every hour. So his little running was nothing compared to what she had been seeing going on with God's people. Mm -hmm. Come on, Jael. And not only did she cover him, she let him come in. She gave him safety. She covered him with the mantle and she basically quenched his thirst. He asked for water. She gave him more than what he requested. Hallelujah. And I heard uh, Lady Sarita Jakes, who's the wife of um, Bishop T.D. Jakes, she said, you cannot outclass someone, but you can outtrash them. You can't outclass someone, but you can outtrash them. She stayed classy through it all. She said, turn in, my Lord, giving him respect. She said, fear not. And for you to tell a person fear not and for them to believe you, that means she wasn't talking loud. She wasn't being ratchet. She had him where she needed him to be, to do what needed to be done. And ladies, this is where we have to know the right place, time, and tone. And we have to stop taking advantage of the influence that the Lord has given us. And this is even for me, myself. Hallelujah. <laughs> this is for me, myself. Again, she stayed classy. You cannot outclass a person. But you can out-trash them. Sarita Jake said that. And I myself have out-trashed people before. And I'm like, you know what? Uh-uh. That is not me. I'm a woman uh, of class. I'm a woman. I'm reserved. Believe it or not, I'm a woman who I don't like drama. I like peace. But we have to, you know, be respectful. No lot talking. Like I said, you can't be acting ratchet and stuff like that. She stayed classy. She stayed classy. And then we go down to read. We just read verse 20. 21 says, Then Jael, Heber's wife, took a nail of the tent and took a hammer in her hand and went softly unto Sisera and smote the nail into his temples and fastened it into the ground. For he was fast asleep and weary, so he died. And behold, as Barak pursued Sisera, Jael came out to meet him. So she came out of her tent and said unto him, Come, and I will show thee the man whom thou seekest. And when he came into her tent, behold, Sisera lay dead and the nail was in his temples. So God subdued on that day Jabin, the king of Canaan, before the children of Israel. Hallelujah. At the hands of a woman like Deborah has said in verse nine, for the Lord shall sell Sisera in the hand of a woman. And she is my favorite. Jael is my favorite. One of my favorite women in the Bible. 
Judges 524, they went on, Deborah and Barak went on to sing a song. And they said, Blessed above women shall Jael, the wife of Heber, the cannot be, King Knight be blessed shall she be above women in the tent. And that was another woman in the Bible. It says blessed above women. That was attributed to Mary, the mother of Jesus. Hallelujah. So Jael was courageous. She was about the Lord's business. She did not seek her own gain. And unlike her husband, she was compassionate enough to know that it wasn't just all about her. And she also became a great figure in her nation's history as well as the Bible's history because here we are talking about this great lady. And guess what? Her name means goat. Jael's name means goat. Means goat. And if you go and look it up, it'll give you different reasons why they gave her that name, why it means that. But that's why I call her the goat. Goat. G-O-A-T. I call her the greatest of all time which is what she became. And I just want to ask you today, ladies, what story, what legacy are you leaving behind? We know that we have the power and the opportunity, great opportunities nowadays for birthing and nurturing greatness. But will we do it? Jael didn't readily know that her actions would have such a ripple effect. But what she did know was that she had a great advantage when the enemy came knocking. Hallelujah. And if someone is under the sign of my voice and you say, you know what, I want to be able to birth greatness and to nurture greatness. I'm telling you, the Lord Jesus will help you also do that. Um, and not just with worldly wisdom, but with wisdom from the Lord. And if you say, well, I want to know this Jesus and I would just recommend him to you. I can vouch for him, y'all. And I'm going to pray this prayer with you. And I invite you to give your life to Christ. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this day. Lord, I know and I believe that you gave your life for me, God. Your blood was shed for the remission of my sins. And Lord, I am a sinner. Lord, I repent of my sins, God. I invite you into my life. Lord, come into my life. God, rest with me. God, rule and reign, Father God, in my life. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I want to serve you, Father God, for the rest of my days. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer, you are saved. And I just would invite you to get into a Bible-believing and a Bible-teaching church. Again, Jael, the greatest of all time. Y'all be blessed and stay encouraged.